When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. I think I would combine ska, black metal, and folk punk. Because what you would get is a guy that smells like B.O. and cat piss and a tattered tragedy shirt, corpse paint, and a fedora with checkered vans, like, aggressively blowing a trombone in your face. What's up, everybody? I'm Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA, and today we are back with another edition of Viewer Comments. This is where I take your questions, concerns, comments, thoughts, and ideas. Yes, I have shamelessly ripped that phrase off, and I will continue to do so. But as always, that is what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about AFI. We're going to talk about Tom McDonald. We're going to talk about Bot Rock, Pop Punk, Linkin Park, and more. First question from Dominic Nipper. How long do you think the new pop punk wave slash trend will last before it fades away? I'm really digging all the new stuff coming out recently, but I don't really see it staying relevant for more than five years. Yeah, I mean, no trend lasts forever, right? I mean, if you think about it, five years is actually a really long time for a trend to last. If you think about like the peak of some of the larger genres that I've talked about before, like metalcore or new metal or the 2000s pop punk or ska for that matter, most of them didn't last for more than five years either. So if that is how long it lasted, I think that would be amazing. That would make it like a really significant trend in alternative culture. So to me, that would be great. I think more than anything else, it's gonna hinge on whether the artists stay interested because I think we've sort of proven that these people are good at getting attention. And, you know, I mean, MGK went to number one. Jaden's new album was number one on iTunes. Kourtney Kardashian is like posting about it on her Instagram. Olivia Rodrigo is huge. So there's definitely something here. But my question is, will the artists stay interested or will they move on to something else? From William Choate, what is your opinion on battle vests? It's not my thing, obviously. I mean, look at me. My wife always jokes that I dress like a 19-year-old Cambodian or Filipino kid. She is not wrong. That's kind of true. So obviously, I'm not the target audience. To me, it's kind of silly to make such a huge deal out of the fact that you listen to some certain band, especially because literally the only people who will have any clue what it is are the tiny number of other people that understand what it means to have a Saxon patch on your vest, which is like 0.00001% of the population. But I think people should do what they want. As much as I joke, in my videos about the way people dress. I want to be clear, it is just jokes. I never want to put anyone down for something that trivial. From James, if you had to name one favorite album release of the decade, question mark. 
I'm going to interpret this question as an album that has been released in the 2020s. I don't know if that's what you meant it, but that's how I'm gonna interpret it. Like I said before, I don't really listen to albums that much. I'm just more into songs, but I will say the one album that I really have consistently listened to that came out basically in the 2020s is I Disagree by Poppy. I guess technically it was 2019, but close enough. I think it's a really cool like combination of metal and pop and just like weird glitchy electronic stuff, industrial, I guess. Really like the aesthetic around the album too. I've been listening to that one pretty much nonstop since it came out. I don't love her new stuff as much. Feels like she's trying to go just more like straightforward rock. Kind of sounds like something that would have come out in 1994. And I understand what she's going for. I feel like it's a natural thing in a lot of artists' careers to really strive toward getting credibility from like the core rock and metal fans. But to be honest, I think it's musically less interesting, although it does seem like rock fans are accepting her. So I guess she's getting what she wanted and hopefully she's happy with that. From Robert Hanlon, Hypa Hypa by the band Eskimo Cowboy has 13 million views on YouTube and is a viral hit. Should more metal artists stop taking themselves so seriously to achieve greater levels of success? Well, first of all, I wouldn't call 13 million views a viral hit. I mean, when TikTokers come out with a video, it gets 13 million views in like a day. But I will say that 13 million views for a relatively small European metal band is definitely good. That said, I do think there's clearly something to be learned from them. I mean, if you haven't seen the video, go check it out. It's ridiculous and over the top and goofy, and I'm not surprised that it is as big as it is because metal fans love gimmicks. Now, as to whether other bands should do that, you know, that's up to them. To me personally, I feel like Eskimo Cowboy has gone so far down that route of not taking themselves seriously that to me, they feel like a joke band, like a comedy metal band. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't know that most artists want to be like a comedy joke band, but I do think there's a middle ground there where you can be fun or have some personality without being a complete joke. And that is something that I think more artists should think about because remember, this isn't really the music industry. This is the entertainment industry. And if you're not entertaining people, you're not doing your job. From Briscoe Thompson, who would be the actor to play the role of you in a movie about your life? Well, that should be obvious. It's Jason Statham. I mean, look at us side by side. We look virtually identical, right? Both like old white guys who are jacked out of their minds. Both of us are capable of like driving really fast and kicking ass. Although I usually drive the speed limit and I haven't been in a fight since 2009, but I don't know. I just, I feel like we have a lot in common and I feel like audiences would understand that too. But what I would like to do is make my life into a buddy comedy. Like maybe it's me as like the grizzled old veteran accompanied by the young buck who doesn't want to play by the rules and is always telling me to lighten up. Like maybe Jaden could be that young sidekick for me. And we'd need a villain too. I don't know, maybe that could be like Gary Holt from Exodus or something. Somebody to play like the kingpin of boomer metal that hates us and is trying to like close the local pop punk venue or something. Now that I think about it, there's something here. If there's any movie producers, you know where to find me. From Turok1134, what's your favorite and least favorite thing about your viewing audience? My favorite thing about them is that they are super engaged. They really care about this stuff. I mean, for example, I get a crazy amount of comments per video. Like I get, you know, three or 4,000 comments on a video with 100,000 views, which is nuts. I mean, compared to other channels that might get five times as many views, but not even as many comments. So my audience really cares. What I would say is maybe my least favorite thing about 
about my audience is that they're very like kind of genre and artist blinkered. In other words, if it's not an artist that they already know about and like, they pretty much won't click on it. If it's not about a genre that they already know about and like, then they tend to not watch it. For example, like I did that video about Tyler, the creator, which was one of my worst performing videos in like a year and a half. It got like 40,000 views in a week, which for my channel is really, really bad. It was like ranked 10 out of 10. What are you saying in your lyrics? Nothing, shit to piss old white people off like you. And I was honestly kind of surprised because Tyler is a huge name. I mean, he won a Grammy, he's like billboard number one, super popular, super influential, but my audience just really honestly, I think didn't know who he was because they're kind of in their like world of guitar music. And if it's not an older guitar music artist, they oftentimes just don't care about it. And I think that's too bad because there's a lot of interesting music out there that's not guitar music. And to me, it shouldn't really matter whether you like or even know about an artist. Like I actually go out of my way to watch videos about things where I don't know what the person is talking about because I don't really need or want somebody to just restate a bunch of stuff that I already know to me. From William Charles Bradley, all things considered, who would you say is the best butt rock band? Up until a couple months ago, I might have said Kid Rock because I genuinely do think he is a super talented musician that's made a lot of good, interesting music. But then he said a bunch of dumb shit that made me kind of not appreciate him so much anymore. I would say probably Five Finger Death Punch. I joke about them and their kind of military wife demographic and stuff like that. And I will continue to do that because it's hilarious. But I genuinely think they're a really good band. Like, yes, they do get kind of repetitive. A lot of their songs kind of sound the same, like same kind of tempo and energy and stuff. There's kind of like their mid-tempo rocker tracks and then there's like the power ballad tracks and kind of just got those two songs, but I think they do it really well. And I know a lot of people think that their newer stuff sucks. I actually like it. My favorite Five Finger Death Punch song is Got Your Six. Although as somebody pointed out, it's kind of funny, like Got Your Six in like police or military terms or whatever means I've got your back, like six o'clock on a clock. But in the song he says, Out on the front line, that's where you find me. It's like, bro, I thought you had my six. What are you doing up there? I feel like he would definitely be that guy. Like that video of Dan Bilzerian in the Las Vegas shooting where he goes up to that cop and he's like, bro, give me a gun. Here's my creds. And the cop is like, fuck off. I feel like Ivan Moody would be that guy. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up and coming bands on the show as well so come check out lamb goats van flip podcast but first i want to thank distro kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast if you're not familiar distro kid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services so in plain language if you have ever wondered how to get your music on itunes spotify apple music youtube music amazon deezer title and many many more there's like 
dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. From Zach, besides alternative music, what else are you super passionate about? What some people may not know is that I do have a quote unquote day job aside from YouTube. I'm a partner in a company called URM Academy, which is an online education company for rock and metal producers and musicians. The other partners in the company are Joey Sturgis, A.L. Levy, and Joel Wanasek, who are all well-known producers that you may have heard of. And under the heading of that, we have a bunch of different products. For example, Nail the Mix is our product for producers. Like every month we have a different producer and band come on. You get the multi-tracks for that session and then the producer shows you how they did it on the album. Last month we had Jens Bogren with Amana Marth. This month we have Akko Kani doing Tesseract. We've also had like Bring Me the Horizon, Fall Out Boy, Mushaga, Gojira, Periphery, Lamb of God, Suicide Silence, pretty much everybody you could think of we've had on at one point or another. And we've got several thousand members in our community so that's pretty cool. The other thing that we have which is really kind of starting to gear up is riffhard.com. This is an online school for metal guitarists. We started that with John Brown from Monuments, which if you know anything about this kind of guitar, he is a fucking God tier beast of a guitarist. This man has like gold in his hands and is really underrated as one of the founding fathers of Gent. We've got some cool stuff coming up there, which I can't talk about yet, but hopefully we'll be able to announce next month. And so yeah, that's actually what I spend more of my time and energy on. And I'm really obsessed with building businesses more than anything else. From Damien Ocampo, do you think you have a bias against the opinions of the metal establishment because they don't like you very much? Because nowadays you seem to disagree with them on literally everything without fail. Either way, I love the content, keep it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, um, but I wanna kind of give some background on this because I don't think I've ever really talked about this. My distaste for the metal community is a kind of relatively new thing, I guess, because I've been listening to metal since, you know, 1989, 1990, 30 years now, and it's really only in the last 10 years or so that I've kind of really started butting heads with the metal community. And the way that that happened was starting in 2008, I used to have a blog with some friends of mine called Metal Inquisition, where we mostly kind of wrote funny articles about old, like, Rash and death metal stuff from like the 80s and early 90s, which was fun. And we got a little bit of an audience for that. Not like a huge giant success or anything, but it did pretty well until I started talking about stuff that wasn't old school metal. Like, I don't remember what it was, but I maybe mentioned like 
some metalcore band or something like that. And of course the comments were full of these metal snobs saying all the things that metal elitists always do. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I'm not allowed to say anything positive about anything other than like old school metal. Like really? And this happened to me a few times and eventually I just got fed up with it. I was like, fuck this. Like if you guys are gonna just throw a bunch of abuse at me every time I try to talk about something that's not metal, then I'm fucking out of here. So I quit that blog. I wrote for Metal Sucks for a long time as well. And by the time I started writing for Metal Sucks, I was just so fed up with it that I started kind of antagonizing the metal world, you know, for a joke. I want to be clear, like, I don't actually harbor any ill will. Like, I do get sick of it. It is exhausting getting, like, verbal abuse hurled at me all the time by metal elitists, but it's not that big of a deal. I'm not really, like, as upset about it as a lot of people seem to think I am. But that's kind of the context for it. This isn't something that I woke up, you know, one day just suddenly deciding that I don't get along with metal people. It's based on the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hateful, angry comments that I've gotten from them over the past like 12 or 13 years. I'm not making this stuff up. And I do try to be charitable. You'll see lots of times in my videos, I try to engage with them. I try to be reasonable and level-headed and kind of meet them halfway and it never works. For whatever reason, me and at least a large portion of the metal community just kind of don't see eye to eye. And I wanna be clear, I understand that it's not everybody in metal, but it's enough of them that it kind of pisses me off. And it definitely grinds me down to just get this torrent of verbal abuse hurled at me constantly. And I don't know, can you blame me for feeling the way that I do about that? From Jake Carl, not music related, what would be your dream car? Either totally unrealistic or somewhat realistic, LOL. I grew up on the West Coast in the Seattle area in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. And so for me, what I always thought was the coolest was like import tuner cars. Back then, like the Civic and the Integra were like the cool cars that the like tuner race car kids drove or maybe if you were like really really cool and rich you would get like an Acura Legend or Vigor or Lexus and that's still kind of what I think is cool. I have like an Acura TSX now because I wanted an Acura when I was a kid but I couldn't afford it. Now I can. So if I was going to get like some kind of ridiculous dream car I think I would get a 1990 four-door Acura Integra restored to showroom condition complete with factory AM FM cassette stereo just like it rolled off the assembly line in like October of 1989. From X Bonetti. Thoughts on the new Lorna Shore song to the Hellfire. This song has the deathcore community losing their shit because it's so heavy. I don't personally love this song because it's got kind of some black metal elements to it and... As everybody knows, I'm not a big fan of black metal, but I do think it's really well done. And I think it's awesome that they are able to like come back from having a little bit of, I guess you would say a scandal, you know, for anybody who's not aware of it, their previous vocalist was accused of doing some predatory stuff. I have no clue how credible any of that stuff was or wasn't, but they got rid of him, got a new guy, came back and came out with what I think is the biggest song of their career. From Tanner Turchak, what is your take on older AFI albums such as Shut Your Mouth and Open Your eyes and black sails in the sunset compared to other hardcore bands coming out of the bay area what's up everyone we're afi and we're from berkeley california feel like older AFI, like have you ever seen those memes where it's like dudes turn 20 and base their personality around one of these albums? feel like there's a meme to be made about AFI of like punks turn 32 and base their identity around one of these albums and one of them has got to be old AFI. This is like the identity template for Betty Page hair, roller derby, spooky, pitbull mom type girls and their boyfriends. I was never really a fan of old AFI. Like it's all right, just kind of doesn't really 
really do much for me. As far as Bay Area hardcore back then, I was much more into like the West Bay power violence bands like Spaz, Plutocracy, Agents of Satan, stuff like that. I would say that they're more like in the skate punk kind of world, which was cool. But again, as far as skate punk goes, I was more into Strung Out, No Effects, Pulley, and Gutter Mouth. I don't know why, just AFI never really did it for me. Although I think Davey seems like a super cool guy and I would love to interview him one of these days. From Mike Gift 33 what are some of your favorite songs that you think would shock your viewers? I don't know, lately I've been really into New Jack Swing, like Belle Biv DeVoe, Bobby Brown, and especially Boys to Men. Like Motown Philly is one of the all time best pop or R&B songs. Also a big fan of a pop artist named Haley Kiyoko. I really like her song, What I Need, which is kind of weird because I think it's a song about being like a teenage lesbian that's not accepted by your family, which obviously is not something I can personally identify with, but I like her a lot. She seems like a cool person. Also a big fan of like G-rated Walmart pop country, uh, like Crash My Party, for example, by Luke Bryant is one of my favorite songs. Baby, you can crash my party anytime. Basically, it's about being so into a girl and telling her like, it doesn't matter what else I have going on. If I'm out like partying with the boys or watching a football game or whatever, just call me and I'll drop whatever I'm doing and come hang out. And I don't know. I just think that's a really nice, wholesome message. Big fan of that song. From Ernesto, do you own a gun? I own two guns. I have a Patriot Ordnance Factory AR pistol, which I will not show here on YouTube because I don't want to get demonetized. From RTT Guns and Gear, you've commented on Tom McDonald before, but he now spends a considerable amount of time at number one on the billboards and has record-setting YouTube views. Has people's connection with him changed your view of the legitimacy of his views and lyrics? I have not changed my opinion at all on Tom McDonald, but I do want to clarify it a little bit. I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of his ideas. It's more just like the cringy, simplistic way that he presents them. Like I also can't stand woke politics. Like that stuff I think is cancerous and dumb and I am just as annoyed by it as he is. My issue with it is the way that he presents it. I don't like that he tells his audience that they're victims. I don't like the way he plays into this like tribalist us versus them kind of stuff. Like I said, I disagree with those people a lot, but you don't see me out here like ranting about them all the time because I just don't think the world needs that. I don't think it helps anybody. I think it's counterproductive. And I think what he is doing is using tribalism to his advantage to make a bunch of money. He's doing the same thing to his audience that the woke people do to their audience, and I'm not into it. He's telling them, you're a victim, it's not your fault. If you're unhappy with your life, it's because of these people who are out to get you, but I'm on your side. I'm fighting for you, so you should give me your money and attention so that I can crusade on your behalf. And I think that's bullshit. I do respect his success. He seems like a really smart, talented guy. From what I understand, he does a lot of the stuff DIY with his wife or girlfriend. I respect that, and I think he is an intelligent guy. I just wish that he would stop doing this like partisan politics, victim identity shit. From Nick Clark 57, has there ever been a point where someone has commented, you forgot such and such a band and it caused you to not talk about them intentionally? Oh yes, there are many of those. I have a no fly list of bands that I basically just won't talk about because I know that if I do, they have one of these intense fandoms that's just gonna get diarrhea of the mouth and flood my comments with nonsense I don't wanna hear. Faith No More, Deftones, Dance Kevin Dance, Thrice, Glassjaw. I don't know, there's probably like 10 more I'm not thinking of right now, but yeah. Yes, there's plenty of those bands. 
from Naruto735, what are some of your favorite hip hop artists and records? I grew up on all the classics back in the day, like EPMD and Eric B and Rakim and Slick Rick and Special Ed and Big Daddy Kane, all that stuff, which I do still like. I wouldn't say that I listen to it very much anymore because it sounds a little bit dated to me now, but I respect it. Once upon a time, not long do still listen to Cool G rap a bit, but these days, as far as rap goes, I mostly like Southern stuff, especially like that Southern strip club kind of sound, like anything produced by Nitty I'm into, like Young Jock or DeRoe. Travis Porter, Make It Rain is a good example of that. Maybe the ultimate in that sound is a song called Booty Me Down by Kay Stylus. She a bad bitch, make it bust bitch, I make it rain trick. And I like a lot of this newer stripper fight music. These like female rappers like Megan Thee Stallion, Light Skin Keisha, and Ruby Rose, who I think are really just the new version of that sound that I've always liked. From Ishi Go, thoughts on the Tramp Stamps controversy. So for anybody who's not familiar, this is a, I guess, pop punk band that kind of got a little bit of traction on TikTok a couple months ago with some song about how they don't want to date straight white males, blah, blah, blah. And some people called them industry plants because apparently some of them had like managers and industry backing and the band seems like essentially like phony, fake woke pandering to that kind of audience to get views. I think it's fucking sad that there's anybody who was dumb enough to fall for that stuff. Like this is woke capitalism. This is the same thing as all these companies that put a fucking rainbow flag in their Twitter bio that didn't give a shit about gay people 10 years ago when it was unfashionable. And then now all of of a sudden they put a rainbow flag in their fucking Twitter bio and you give them a round of applause for it. No, this is bullshit. This is pandering. Do not let yourself be manipulated by these woke grifters. From Stuart Hetzler, why do you consider a genre having a future to be important? Like when you criticize rock fans for gatekeeping and dooming the future of the genre, is it necessarily a bad thing if a genre doesn't have a future? All good things, as they say, must end, I guess is what he's going to say. Well, I don't necessarily think that's important, but rock fans seem to because they're constantly complaining that rock isn't popular anymore. So basically what I'm saying here is if you're a upset that rock isn't as popular as it used to be, or if you would like rock to be more popular again, here are the things that I believe must happen in order for that to be true. Now, if you don't care whether rock is popular or not, then yeah, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. But I will say, even if you're just a consumer of rock and you don't necessarily care if it's commercially successful or not, you should still care because you should want musicians to be able to make a living at it in order to make more music that you like. If nobody can make money doing this stuff, then people are going to be forced to give it up and get a job and just make music a hobby at best. So I would say that even if you don't care about marketing and commercial success the way that I do, because you know I am a business guy first and foremost, so that's just how I think about things. Even if you don't care about that, you should care as a consumer who wants more great music. From Edward Z, I'm genuinely curious since you're into a lot of different genres and not only rock, why make a channel about rock music specifically and not a more general music channel where you talk about rock, pop, and rap? Great question. This kind of gets to what I talked about at the the beginning as far as like audiences having genre blinders I've tried many times to break out of that and my audience basically just isn't having it anytime that I talk about that stuff the views are lower the comments tend to be more negative so the question is kind of like why would I do that why would I subject myself to a bunch of verbal abuse or putting a bunch of time and energy into something that nobody's gonna watch or do I just give the people what they want and make videos about rock that seems to be what people want from me and you know I guess I'll give it to them from likely 
Billy Logan, the worst possible combination of genres to make the world's worst subgenre. I think I would combine ska, black metal, and folk punk, because what you would get is a guy that smells like B.O. and cat piss and a tattered tragedy shirt, corpse paint, and a fedora with checkered vans, like aggressively blowing a trombone in your face, which is truly just nightmare fuel. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!